Welcome to Peel Pod's Environmental Law, debating and discussing environmental law and justice for everyone. Brought to you by Public Interest Environmental Law UK. For new listeners to the podcast, Peel UK, which is Public Interest Environmental Law UK, is an association which was created and led entirely by students in 2007 to champion and raise awareness of environmental justice issues. Peel UK hosts its annual conference, which is a diverse platform, bringing a range of practitioners, academics, and members of the public to engage with problems relating to the environment and to encourage solutions. If you would like to find out more about Peel and previous conferences, check out our website, piel.org.uk. And if you're interested in attending our conference for 2022, please keep up to date with our socials, which is on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And also listen in on the podcast. We will bring bringing updates to you in future episodes. So a bit about Peel Pod before we start. It was started in 2020 following the COVID-19 pandemic and the cancellation of the conferences. And uh, this year, the 2021 the 2022, sorry, uh, podcast committee will be bringing you two different types of episodes. One, a longer episode with guest speakers talking about a chosen topic in depth. And one like this, shorter episodes where we as students and young people of the committee have casual conversations of our own views of current environmental law topics or climate change topics. So I hope you guys will be excited for this. We have a lot of content that we hope to share with you guys. And before we start with um, the episode today, I would like to introduce to you the podcast committee, and I will start off with Shuku. Hey everyone, I'm Shuku. I am a third year student at the University of Reading. I originally come from Germany and I came to the United Kingdom when I was in year eight. Um, I've always been passionate about environmental law but my passion started from when I was younger. Both of my parents are very environmentally conscious and very um, environmentally active. So as a child, I grew up learning and protesting about the environment. So that helped me realize that I wanted to play an active role in helping and advocating for environmental change. So I thought I'll join this podcast. Okay, yeah. Uh, Well, I'm Florence, yeah. You can call me Flo. <laughs> and I'm from University College London. I'm actually uh, doing a law master, so I'm a postgraduate level. And I'm from Chile, so I'm South America. And I, what I joined the Peel Pod is because I've always been like super passionate about the environment. As Chuku, it grows since I was a girl. And I've been practicing environmental law for a couple of years now. And I feel that there's so many important matters that should be uh, exposed to students and, and make a space for them to know about them and, and get to know that there's no any complex matter and everyone can have a say on this. And that's why I joined this wonderful team. And finally, I'll be introducing myself. My name is Amanda. I'll be the host of today's podcast and facilitating the discussion of today's topic. And as I said, my name is Amanda, I'm from Malaysia, and I am a graduate from the University of Exeter, having finished my LLB law degree, and now currently working and doing Peel as well. 
so how I first got into environmental law or getting interested in it was actually quite a silly story when I look back at it um, for when we were to record this podcast. Um, so the first time I got introduced to environmental law was um, when I watched this show called How I Met Your Mother and one of the main characters um, aspired to be an environmental lawyer uh, after he passed the bar. And uh, that was the first time I ever heard of someone wanting to be an environmental lawyer or do anything about um, the environment uh, and obviously advocating for it since he was um, wanted to practice being a lawyer. So from then on, I started paying more attention to the news um, and now we're here. So yeah, the topic of today's discussion will be surrounding environmental protests as a whole. And then we'll be moving on to our opinions on environmental protesting and the right to protesting and the controversies, the controversies surrounding that against the new bill that is introduced by the Conservative Party. To start off, we'll be discussing the M25, the controversial M25 protests held by Insular Britain at the end of October of 2021. And I'll open the floor to Shuku and Flo. So we'll be talking about the M25 protest today, and it's very controversial as it had harmful effects to society as a whole. The M25 protest was about Insular Britain advocating for the UK government to produce more insulating houses. So that would be a cost-effective means of reducing carbon emissions within the UK. And it could, have, it could bring million pe- millions of people out of world poverty. However, the way the M25 protest occurred was that a group of protesters blocked the M25 Unfortunately, a woman was left paralyzed by stroke due to protesters blocking the M25. The doctors said that her recovery would have been minimal if she had arrived within 90 minutes. One activist, Sandy, told the news that she would she intended to continue to shut down the M25 despite previous arrests. Yeah, and the purpose of um, the protests, the M25 protests was actually um, that we've read was in response to the government-owned national highways. Uh, they secured a court injunction banning activities that obstruct traffic on its 4,300-mile 4, network of motorways and major airroads in England. And Insular Britain is, has been known to be very disruptive on, um, has been known to be demonstrating a lot of their protests on major highways in the UK, um, the, which includes the A40 in West London during rush hour, and they also blocked the A206 um, in, in Dartford. So the M25 is not um, an isolated case, but it has been one of the most controversial given the, given the facts um that shuku stated you guys have any opinions of um the way they protested could there have been more um could insular britain taken a different approach 
or was this approach the most appropriate for their cause? I personally do not agree with this method of protesting. I think this metaphor of protesting achieves nothing and it fundamentally puts people at risk and increases pollution as all the cars are halted on the motorway anyways. So essentially it's counterproductive and it's not helpful to the movement at all. People are already not supportive of the movement as a whole. People do not believe in climate change, um, global health, or people just don't care at all. So the way the M25 protesters went about it caused more damage to their movement than they thought they would do in, in the future. So although protests are about making drastic measures that would get the attention of the world and leaders, there's a way you can go about it. And I feel like the way they went about it was just counterproductive and fundamentally just wrong because it harmed society. It harmed an innocent individual he just wanted to, he just needed to get to the hospital after suffering health conditions. And yeah, it's just, it was just wrong. Yeah, I agree with Shuku uh, that like there's a fine line between your rights to protest or like freedom of expression and right to a peaceful assembly uh, and, and, the, and the damage and the harm that you cause to other human rights. Like here, we're not talking only about like property rights. We're talking about health, the right to health. And, and even in this case, it, it was compromised the right to life because one person, the outcome of the protest was one person being dead, which is kind of a, like non-desirable in any level outcome of any kind of protest. So I think that's the first point, like when you when you decide to protest and like this goes to the design of your manifestation within environmental groups, you really have to think through all the possible outcomes um, that it can happen when you protest. But then I have like a counter argument, if you wish, um, like because if you just use like peaceful means of of manifesting your ideals, sometimes the governments they just don't care and i understand that sometimes being disruptive is what you need to to really have results like i can i can think of one example in my country in chile that in 2019 we had an outbreak a, a social outbreak and it was protest like i would say one week in a row and because of that now we're having a constitutional process and we're writing a new constitution for the country. And I think sometimes like governments just would do it to stop the negative externalities of a march and not for the march itself, but like it's 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 a pity, but how the how the world is, is working nowadays. And but I, I agree that it shouldn't be taking to the max like to have this uh, unfortunate results so i don't know i open the floor if someone wants to um, add on that yeah i totally agree the nature of protest itself is it is supposed to be disruptive it's supposed to catch the attention of um whoever uh they're protesting against um uh, whether it be lawmakers politicians mostly politicians uh, in many cases um they're supposed to be disruptive they're supposed to 
slightly be controversial they're supposed to make conversation protests have been a part of our history for decades maybe even hundreds of years um notably the one of the biggest protests um of 2020 was definitely the blm protests which caught the attention of the entire world there were protests not only in the US, there were protests in Australia, um, parts of Asia, even in Japan, so in the UK. So it is a big, it is a fundamental part of protests in the nature of protests to be disruptive, to cause a conversation. Because as Flo said, if we if we only take peaceful means of uh, for advocating for what we believe in, we might not never get our way. As we've discussed, uh, pro- protests should be disruptive. Um, but where, but with the M25 uh, protests, it brings into question where is the line between being able to be disruptive and cause conversation and get the attention of our politicians and lawmakers versus um, causing harm to innocent people um and it's just feeding into what the conservative party want they want to uh restrict our ability to protest with the new bill so how what is your what is our opinion of these about protests, should we should we be more restrictive? Should we regulate protests more with more government action? Should they um, is government action and government intervention in protests would it be useful given the circumstances of this case, or would it be counterproductive to um, any future movements? What do you think, guys? I think that government should exercise their own ability to restrict protests when they're being harmful or when they're harming society to like a greater degree. But the way that Pretty Patel's government is trying to restrict the right of protest through the new bill is harmful to the fundamental right of a human being because the the bill that the, the government's police crime and sentencing and courts bill would transform the right of protest completely. Um, there are three key points that the new bill would change. So there would be a new trigger for imposing conditions based on noise strikes. And that kind of is controversial to the right of protesting because protesting is about, again, being disruptive, making people, especially people in government, society, leaders, being able to catch their attention. And one way you can do that is not through noise but through a lot of people being passionate about the message that they're trying to get across so demonstrations always have like demonstrations you can always hear people's voices being heard so through the bill demonstrations with the greatest public backing could be impacted by the expansion of police powers as they could have the powers to move the location of the demonstration, limit its numbers, the the extent, the duration of the protest, or even tell the protesters to 
chant in silence, which doesn't even make sense. And another way the bill attacks the riot of protesting is that it set out a new clause, clause 59, which would criminalize the peaceful protesters. So the clause 59 states that protesters who are intentionally or recklessly causing public nuisance are criminally liable. And due to it being so broad, it risks criminalizing some forms of peaceful protest. So I, again, agree with your statement. The government should definitely intervene with when protests such as the M25 is being um, unlawful, unnecessary and unproportionate as government already has the power through the Article 11 right, as they can interfere with the right of protesting when it's to do, it's when it's to protect um, society, public safety, prevent disorder or crime, protect health or morality, or protect the rights and freedoms of other people. But the new bill that the government, the conservative government is trying to pass through is is attacking the essence of democracy and it would just it's just oppressive and wrong and it would attack the right of protest that's my opinion yeah just to elaborate on that um i totally agree and i think that the main problem of an open-ended norm it's that who is going to interpret it in the practice like when people is in the streets, the police is going to say, okay, this is serious disruption, or okay, this is causing intentionally or recklessly causing public nuisance. And then you say, that's very dangerous because this criteria and all the conditions that builds up to a serious disruption should be written down in the law to prevent an abuse of power. And, um, the other thing that I think it's important to mention is like today, environmentalists and environment, environmental activists, mostly, they, they are in danger constantly and, and their voices are being shut down uh, systematically. And that's why we have the AHARSIS Convention now. And in Latin America, we have the ESCASU Agreement. So like we can see that the environmental activists are being curtailed somehow. And, and now we have these new forms of, of shutting our voices down, which is kind of concerning because then like we're not protected by the law and, and it's, it can have like very serious consequences because otherwise, how can we say what we think and what we don't like about how things are being carried out? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I mean, we've seen time and time again throughout history that uh, protests at its uh, most effective can and ha it has uh, brought about very positive change um, on a society as a whole. I mean, um, from um, Stonewall to BLM, um, protesting has been a part of our history for a very, very long time. And uh, it should stay that way because they have brought about positive change, changes in the law, changes in attitudes within society, even recognition of fundamental problems that persist. They are big wins in um, for the act of protesting. And protesting, um, as we have discussed, it is fundamentally disrupt disruptive 
and they should be funda fundamentally disruptive to be able to cause a conversation. And um, it is a part of our history as uh, in democracy and as a society. Um, and although we do agree that it is very unfortunate that the N25 in Slipperton case um, ended up with a victim being paralyzed due to an act of the protesters, we can't put, put the full blame on Insular Britain as obviously they had no knowledge of this woman and her condition. Um, and they were just there to protest their right uh, and protest for their cause because the government has been continuously uh, ignoring, um, ignoring them. And, um, and I mean, Insular Britain have been marked as an example of eco extremists by the media and the government uh, for their disruptive uh, protests. But is the answer the police crime and sentencing courts bill? Personally, just uh, reading about the bill, it is uh, deeply concerning and um, very unlawful of the government to try and pass a bill of this degree at as um, just being quote unquote a serious annoyance can entitle uh, someone to be sentenced for up to 10 years. And I mean, it is just disproportionate uh, especially to the act of peaceful peaceful protesting, because even peaceful protests can cause a, cause uh, annoyance to anybody anybody who dis disagrees with the cause of the protests. But protests, as we've said, is um, is fundamental to our democracy, to our advocacy of our own rights, and I guess, in my opinion, infringes on our human rights. Um, what do you guys think about this? Definitely, I agree with what you say. I think the M25 protest in itself, it kind of clouds like the success stories of protest as a whole. Obviously, as you mentioned, as we all have mentioned that the whole point of a protest is to draw attention, capture the attention of people, be disruptive. And in the past, successful environmentalist groups and activists have done that. For example, the students' climate strike that occurred on the 15th of March, 2019, where students around the world skipped school to protest against inaction on climate change, which was inspired by Greta Thunberg. I believe that's how you say her name. If I mispronounce it, I'm sorry. Um, news of her activism inspired young people, generations of people to take an active voice and an active steps to protest about up uh, to protest about environmental and climate change but and that can be further shown by the extension extinction rebellion activist who stripped off in the house of commons on the 1st of april 2019 the activists 11 activists stripped off in the public gallery of the house of commons and they glued their hands to the glass to ensure that they wouldn't be easily moved that is quite drastic and that is quite disruptive but the way they went about it show it captured the attention of media the news of people 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 leaders governments finally saw that people are really passionate about the subject and that they won't just let governments and leaders get away with doing nothing and that is also like shown by vivian westwood a famous jury 
and modeling agency that protested about climate change on the catwalk on the 17th February of 2019, where models um, went down the catwalk covered in climate change and anti-capitalist slogans. And for society to see that even models who are like deemed as, um, what's it called, superficial and not very intelligent, even models felt very passionate about the way that the governments and leaders are going about climate change and climate health. So I feel like the M25 protest, unfortunately, overclouds those success stories because a lot of people in society are saying, thinking, why did they take such drastic drastic measures to get their voices heard? But that is fundamentally the way that you protest. So that's my opinion. Yeah, and I think there's not the first time that uh, people have blocked uh, important ways, like in 2015, like the one of the huge, like the biggest uh, success stories of Greenpeace. They tried to stop the drilling um, exploration mission of Shell in the Arctic Sea. Uh, this was passed by the Obama's administration, and people were very outraged. But like the 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 protest here took the most various forms. Like there was people hanging from bridges. There was kayaktivists where like people blocking the the pass of one of the ships of Shell that was going to be performing this drilling operation, and like. You can see that there was people on the streets, but like, as, as Shuku said, with the people that glue their hands uh, in the House of Commons, like, there's so many ways that you can express your ideas, and it doesn't have to have like a, a awful consequences, someone dying or someone having a stroke and not being able to go to healthcare. So I think that's that there's a perfect balance between our right to express ourselves and being creative and making ourselves heard without uh, putting in risk someone else's life or someone else's health. And, and I think that's the balance that the law has to strike. And I think that's not the balance that the bill that we have analyzed have struck so far because they go beyond that, beyond that balance. Like it's, it's going towards the abuse of power in, in my view, because it's just too broad. So I think that's that's how environmentalists and governments have to look for the right to protest. Yeah, definitely. And um, just to conclude, um, the police crime sensing in courts bill, um, we do not agree with it at all because it is just too restrictive and can be impeding on our human rights. Um, and to anyone who's listening, um, if you also disagree with the police crime sensing in courts bill that the conservative government are trying to pass, uh, if you disagree with it, please write to your local MP um, and voice your concern for um, the effects of this bill that it has on your human rights um, and your right to protest um, and the right to, um, as it impedes on our own democracy. So please write to your local MP uh, if you disagree 
because if we want things to change, we need to be the people who changes it and take action. So uh, in conclusion, uh, does flow and Shuku, do you have any concluding thoughts, um, any concluding comments um, before we end this episode today? I just think my last concluding point will be is that the right to protest is a very important right to humans. I think it's like the essence of our democracy. And again, like you just said, the government's police crime sentencing and courts build would have detrimental impacts to the right of protest. And thankfully it has not been passed yet. I just think that the way we as human beings protest, especially environmental lawyers in the past has been successful because the actions did not have detrimental impacts upon public health or individuals, or it created disorder or crime. But the way that M25 protest was handled by Insulate Britain was just not the right way to go about it. Even though I could see how they got inspirations from past protests, they fundamentally went, around, went about it the wrong way. The minute they um, could have been notified, like the minute they were notified that like a potential victim was in a car, they should have just called off the protest. But yeah, that's my concluding thought. Yes, and to not repeat all over again what's been said in this podcast, which is very interesting and I have enjoyed so much. Um, I would like to say, um, you know, for for young people that we always want to protest and we're always in the streets uh, making our voice heard, that we always have to take into account our externalities. And I think being counterproductive, it's only damaging our reputation and our credibility. So, for instance, the M25, they were <laughs> like protesting against climate change, but actually the outcomes of the protest was generating more emissions because the cars were just standing there not moving and that was worse for the environment so that's uh, i think that's the final message that i want to transmit like if we want to protest we really have to think through the outcomes and the possible externalities and try to make sure that this is all positives and no negatives that would be it Yep, that's great. And a concluding message for me would be, um, as young people, we are responsible for our future. We should not, uh, in my opinion, uh, rely on the current, uh, the people in power right now. So um, even though we do have to rely on them a bit. So um, message, uh, email your local MP, uh, fight for change, be out in the streets, um, go for protests. Uh, it is our right to, and uh, we should definitely advocate for anything we believe in. Um, and that concludes our first episode of the Peel Pod for this year. Thank you everyone for listening, and I hope you can join us for the next podcast. Thank you. Bye. 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 See you guys soon.